Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And today we have got a special guest with us tonight for the thing. It's Dennis Carnahan. He, the brilliant mu- musical satirist of Rugby League the Musical. Say hello, Dennis. So do I say I'm Dennis? Because you've got I'm... So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm Dennis. <laughs> That's very good. That's very good. He, you know, he's very good. We might even have him back one day. Now, if you didn't know people, Dennis Carnahan is the world's greatest rugby league musical satirist, and he will be at the Street Theatre on the 29th of July for your pleasure. So get out there and buy tickets because it is good, it is funny, you need to be there, especially because I can't be because I'm going to be in Queensland. Where? In Queensland. <laughs> yeah. What do you know? Yeah, it's in Malula. It's quite ironic, wasn't it? It is quite ironic. Anyway, Dennis is here. He'll be singing us a song or two, just so you can see how wonderful he is. But before we get into the happy, joyous things that is rugby league musical satire, well, we have to talk about football, because after all, this is the Raiders Review, you and t- review we must. You were texting me on Saturday night, and you told me that you hated football, you were never watching football again. Um, you didn't go. I normally just say I hate the Raiders. I don't hate the game. I got stop, some of those too. Yeah. <laughs> should we no, have a no? If it's Raiders, <laughs> should we have a Blake and Pork review? Let's review no, some of no, 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 look, 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 look. I think we can all agree, and all you Raiders fans out there can agree that Saturday night was challenging. It was challenging because it hurt so bad. Not We've, as as Johnny Coogan Mellencamp would say, hurt so good. It hurt so bad. We've got here are some of the text messages. I feel sick. Shh. I feel sick. I feel sick. I feel sick. <laughs> yeah. Was that was that before the end of the eighty minutes? Or was that sort of towards? That was the end? in the that was in the first half. That was in the first half. All <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. No, I wasn't optimistic the whole night. I can't uh, read that. I can't read that out. I no. can't read that out. No. Re- I'm assuming you don't, you don't swear on your podcast. No. 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 no family show. Family, yeah. family show. Well, so, yeah. I have to stop reading out the text messages yeah. from. There. Anyway, needless to say, Blake was uh, messaging me with a few. You know, like, Blake, you, you want to see some heads on polls. You want to see you, some heads on pikes? Not exactly. You you were sort of more going on that line, but obviously, you know, the takeaway from the game was everyone thought that really it was time for us to move on from Blake Austin. It's like a relation, bad relationship, you know. You sort of want to recall the good times you had with the person three years ago, but mm. it's over. And I think it's time to go. And look, the team was named for the upcoming game uh, at Belmore, and he's been strangely named on the bench. I think he should have just been named... For Mounties, I don't think there's much point having him coming off the bench. I don't know what that's about. I mean, it's clear he's not going to be here next year. I think it's in the best interests of all Is parties. Is that fully clear? Well, yeah. Look, if he stays next season, it's going to be for uh, under fifty percent of what he was offered and turned down. Right. Um, I doubt he's going to do that. I would suspect very strongly in the future for Blake Austin. I would see a plane. I'm seeing a plane with him in it flying. Over to England. Really? I still think there's a possibility that he could end up somewhere like Parramatta. I mean, the thought of having him and Moses both defending the halves <laughs> probably wouldn't give most uh, Parramatta fans too much confidence. Oh, I know, but... Parramatta fans, they're so delusional. They are so delusional. They'll think it's the best thing in the world. They believe they're going to be top four this year. Having said that, having said that, in the darkest moments of Saturday night where I was looking for a rope and a beam, uh, please, if you are actually feeling suicidal, call Lifeline. I wasn't feeling suicidal. Was Is that hyperbole? It was, it was hyperbole. Thank you. Um, I wasn't actually looking for a rope and a beam. It was my Parramatta friends who reached out to me and said, it's okay, come join us. <laughs> 
come join us, they said. So thank you for Mary, if you're, yeah. you're out there listening. Thank you for your kind words at a time when I was in the fetal position crying. Yeah, she's been saving quite a few seats on the Losers Lounge. Yeah, she has been serving a few seats out, Mary, on that. So, Blake Austin, obviously, problem number one. Problem yep. number two, Ricky Stewart. I mean, again, the use of the bench or lack of use of the bench, we've got a forward going off. Obviously, it was pretty clear to us when, when Joey... T- yeah. when, when he went off, that was when things fell apart. And then Ricky Stewart said, well, we can't blame... Because he was asked to defend, you know, out there and he's not really used to defending out there. And the whole time we still had a player on the bench that didn't even play. Mm. When a forward goes off, surely that's when, you know, I I guess you could probably get through a game using, you know, only three of your four forwards, assuming no one's injured. But to still leave one guy on the bench when you've had a forward off for half the game just seems very strange. I I will reserve my comments, uh, my rejoinder to your your call for for Ricky being the problem uh, for the segment, What Grinds My Gears. Right. So I I will rejoin with you at What Grinds His Gears. Uh, uh, So So what other coach Mm. in the NRL Mm -hmm. at what other club Mm -hmm. would survive having made the finals once in five years? Plenty of coaches have Where? done that. Look, look, yeah, Where? Name just, one club, name one current club that would accept that level of mediocrity. Phil Gould. Phil Gould. Panthers, Panthers, Panthers yeah. Look at that. You've, got to, you've got to remember, you're very short-sighted here. Very short-sighted. Ricky has a 25-year plan. Gus Gould's only going five. Ricky has a 25. And I, for me personally, as, as a Raiders fan, I choose to leave the coaching to Ricky and I do the music satire. I don't, I don't ask Ricky's opinion on my music satire. I'm not going to criticise his coaching. I love Ricky. There, I've said it. I've said it. Ricky doesn't stand behind me and say, Tim... I think I know how to be a fat, chinless public servant better than you do. Um, so I'm not, not going to stand not behind saying... him and tell him, you know. I'm just saying, it just seems that Ricky and at this club, I, you know, I'm not saying we should sack him. I'm saying move him upstairs, Phil Gould style, so and bring a, someone new in. I think this is a Canberra thing. I actually do, because people said the same thing about, about uh, Therna. They're saying, this, what other club? What other club? And, and you know, it was because of the true. brother. It was because of the. It's true. Look at a team like South Sydney. So Maguire wins the comp, and a couple of years later, it's clear that they're going backwards, not forwards, and he's moved on. And they've clearly benefited from that decision. And they've appointed a hungry new young coach who's getting great results. All right. We will, we will continue this, but before we do, um, I think as we have the world's greatest rugby league musical satirist here... This is the hardest, actually... hardest working is the actual official title. The hardest working musical satirist. I don't claim to be the best. I don't claim the greatest. But I, I, work, I, I, I claim you the hard. best, and I should know. I I've do. followed a few. Um, <laughs> I would have thought maybe you're the only rugby well, league musical satirist. Thing, that's what, but, and even within it, I don't claim myself. Well, you are mentioned. on the third most popular uh, Raiders podcast. Well, well, we could be fourth. We, we could be fourth. We just discovered there's a fourth, so we could actually be the fourth. We don't know. Um, we choose to say we're still the third, but it's possible. Like Berkey's uh, does a, a podcast on uh, the the greenhouse site, which you should all uh, be going on to and making comments because they're great supporters of the club. Um, and Berkey does one there too. So I think that actually makes four, and we may be fourth. It's possible. Anyway, that's not the point. Um, but uh, as we have Dennis on the show, we decided we would let him play you a few songs. And uh, so tonight or today, or whatever time you're listening to this, uh, please now enjoy the dulcet tones of Dennis Carnahan singing what, Dennis? Look, I'm going to sing a song to, to try and cheer people up. Mm-hmm. I'm going to delve back into the back into the archives, back to 1974, to a band called Paper Lace. Mm-hmm. And they wrote a song about 
a battle between the police and the criminals in Chicago mm. called the Night Chicago Diet. Now, I was at a game earlier this year where the most glorious thing happened. And, I, and I'll be putting this up against 89 as the greatest moment in rugby league history. And um, it was something I was at Shark Park. I was at the Toxic Swamp there on the coast. And um, and it's the one that they're carving up and putting apartments in why anyone would want to buy an apartment in a Toxic Swamp apart from Shrek. I don't know. But anyway, I was at that ground and something wonderful happened. So I'm going to play this. Uh, I'll play this one for you. Chechen was a ref from the west side of the country. He grew up in WA back when the Reds still played. In the heat of an autumn night, in the land of Gallinandy tea, Cameron Smith being offside gave away a penalty. Then Smith showed Chech dissent. So Chech marched them another ten. When Smith gave lip again, Chech sent him to the bin. I heard the angels sing, and 15,000 people cheered when Smith was being. Brother, what a night of penalties. First time in the bin in 16 years. Glory be. I heard the church bells ring, and 15,000 people booed when Smith was being. Penalty count was 33, finally a righteous referee, yes indeed. It looked like he'd changed his mind, when he failed to cross the line. Brett Sutter said it's time, and he fell across the line. He was finally in his place, and the crowd went wild again. The night camp Smith was built. Matt Chechen is a great friend of this show, uh, favourite uh, amongst both Dennis and myself. Uh, many times we've seen him, and uh, I think we all owe Matt Chechen a debt of gratitude for binning Cam Smith because I don't think, apart from Melbourne Storm supporters, there was anyone who follows rugby league who did not think that was one of the greatest oh, moments. This it was, year. And, this is, and this is one of the key things in my show is that rugby league, as, as Gus Gould pointed out on his podcast two weeks ago, and now it doesn't rate at all as one of the Raiders' favourite podcasts. Like, no, it's, it's, it's way down the list. But uh, Gus was pointing out that rugby league is about villains and heroes, state of origin about villains and heroes. And people like to boo the villain. And people like to cheer the hero. And at that ground that night, the crowd, it was like night at last night at the proms. They were all up going, <laughs> boo, boo, pointing at him. He was the villain. And I swear, if you look at the vision closely, you can see a moment where he just turns with a glint in his eye, lifts his top hat and twirls the moustache. <laughs> and, and he dummied to cross the line. It was glorious. It was yeah. wonderful pantomime. Yeah, it was wonderful. I enjoyed it immensely. And it is it was something that can make you cheerful in these dark well, days. Isn't it, personally, uh, Matt Chechen sending people to sin bin it's a bit of a touchy <laughs> subject for me, so that is I probably true. didn't enjoy it quite as much as some people, as the as the Canal people. It's no, still I, a bit I must of a raw admit, nerve. I, if I see Matt Church and holding up ten fingers, and I just 
Yeah, the the white and sin bidding in 2016 wasn't his finest hour, and not sending uh, James Maloney in the 2016 oh. semi was also yes. uh, a match changing decision. Speaking of Jack White, and are we going to touch upon the fact? Well, that before we're... we get to there, I wanted to talk about reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful, part three. You've heard rumours about it. You've heard something was coming, but John Bateman. The Wigan second rower comes centre, capable of playing 80 minutes, plays for England, a brilliant player, is coming to wear green for the next two years. Wow. Is that, is that official here? This is the first time it's being announced? No. No. <laughs> it, it, it hasn't yet officially been announced, it but it's rumoured. Um, it's strongly rumoured. No, I have it from very, very good sources. Uh, that is the are. case. I know Sears officially. Sears yeah, but officially the John staying. Bateman is coming, and that is a reason to be cheerful. Reason not to be cheerful, of course, is Jack. And you, you wanted to talk about Jack, Blake. Uh, well, you know, I think that um, the club sort of came off a little naive in their handling of the Jack Whiten thing, sort of thinking that um, he was going to be allowed to play against the Broncos and taking him up there. Uh Obviously, in, in the light of the Brett Stewart situation previously, the way forward now is, is a presumption of innocence and no penalties are imposed upon a player as long as they're presumed innocent. But of course, once he pleads guilty... He loses that presumption. Yes, yes he's, he's, yeah. he's no longer uh, afforded the presumption of, of innocence. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I, hopefully, there'll be a sentence will be imposed shortly. It seems that there was a deal was done with the AFP, he pled guilty to a number of charges and in turn they dropped some. And also part of that, that deal was that the uh, CCT footage was not then tendered um, in evidence at court. Mm. And apparently no one was too keen for that footage to get out. So mm. tells its own story. It's very sad because Jack has, uh, as we discussed earlier, been one of the Raiders' very best players this season. Yeah. Had a very, very strong season in attack and defence, um, going from strength to strength. Uh, you know... I mean, I think there's a million suggestions about where he should actually be playing. I've constantly thought he should be at left centre. I think that's his home position. I think he'd be wearing sky blue if he was. Well, at left you, you and Phil Gould are both strongly of that opinion. I, I, I think his defence in the line is like iron and he's strong. He makes you and Aiken look like a sissy. That's all I'm saying. He makes you and Aiken look like a sissy. Well, he has mm. been our best player. And, and at fullback this year, um, he's got more try assists. Mm. Than probably both halves combined. Yeah. Well, he did, he did for for a couple of years. He had quite that specialty of dropping the high ball under pressure. He yeah. seems to have somehow lost that this, from his game. This year, he's lost this year that. at the start of the year, I was really calling into question um, his spot at fullback, and I said he was good for at least one, if not two, mm. you know, mistakes a game. Yeah, yeah, and he was last season two errors yeah. a game. He came good at the back end of the season, but at the beginning he was up to two and a half a game. So you called into question. So you were calling into the question. You were calling into question. Yes, the his decisions. Position. The decisions. Of the coach. Yes. The decisions of the coach. <laughs> right. And how did that go with the decision in the long run? Well, it turned out... You turned were wrong, out wasn't weren't you? <laughs> you were wrong. And you're blushing. Yeah, he was wrong. He was wrong. But, you know, I, I do agree. It's not a nice situation. Um, I actually personally think the club has handled that one as well as it could. Um, given the circumstances and the fact that a lot of people know about it, but the details are only rumours. Hopefully they will come to that. I think there's going to be a fairly lengthy suspension. I will be surprised, although I do hope I'm wrong, if we see, him, see again him again this, this season. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, they may as well. he may as well take his medicine because you know yeah. the season's gone. Well, is it? Is it gone? Eight yes. from nine. Dennis. Yes. Eight from nine. See, it's, it's Wednesday. Yeah. 
and on a Wednesday, I find that my Raiders weekly cycle of hope and despair, hope and despair, is very much going into the hope phase right now. <laughs> yes, right, that's and true. Obviously, Saturday night, Joe Tarpon, a head knock, the despair cycle commenced. Yeah, and it yeah. had a big downward plunge. But right. I'm back on the hope. And I saw the press conference with Sam Williams, and I've just got to confess, I have a huge man crush on Sammy. And Sammy, the hope, the hope was just skyrocketing. Nan Sammy is a particular favourite of mine. He comes and commentates with us um, regularly on ABC Grandstand. Oh, he's not playing. I was. Uh, thanks for that. No, that's great, Blake. I, I like that you're throwing the Spanners from the sideline too. And you know what? Who's not going to be meeting Sammy in the winning dressing room after a game? I, I've got to say, that's I, okay because I don't want to get you know I don't want to be beholden to people and I don't want to, so I can. You want to be fiercely independent? Yes, exactly. I'll be able to speak my mind. Really? Yeah, I've got no fiercely bridges to burn. You got no bridges to burn. Well, look, I personally worried for Sam at actually how good a commentator he is. He is very good. He sounds, you know, oh, turn away, Sammy. He's, he just, he sounds like a world-winning commentator. Oh, I tell you, we both had our heads between our legs on the last uh, against the Panthers when they, oh, they yeah. ran us down. Uh, we saw it coming with Sir Saliba Havili took that field goal attempt. Oh, we boy. both put our heads down between our legs. He got his head out first, but I knew what was coming. He's usually on the field, so he's had a little bit more heart than I. But... That brings us on to my next segment, which is grinds my gears. What grinds my gears? What do you think grinds my gears this week, Blake? Can I have a guess? Yes. Is it is it, is it people having a go at Ricky Stewart? It is people <laughs> having a go at Ricky Stewart. That is exactly what it is. It's having a go at Ricky Stewart. Listen here. Here's the thing about Ricky Stewart. He lives, eats, and breathes. This, but this is green. always your argument. I always say, what justification is there for Ricky to lead us forward? What gives you hope? And just saying the fact that he bleeds green is not an acceptable answer. So you've got to come up with something better than that. Because he will win, damn it. And I'll tell you why. He and came into say, this okay, club. So he came into Hodgson. this club. He and got lucky. Uh, 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 this oh! is my, you know, he didn't get lucky. He had good eye. He came in at the end of 2013 where we had a roster that looked very much like something from the Lynham High School B grade. You know, and that's that's been nice to a whole lot of people I quite liked and, and, and gave my favour to at that particular stage. I'm sure Lynham High when you were there was probably more it's probably more an AFL. It really was. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and and that's it. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's what it really looked like. He's come in and he's changed the roster up. Yes, and we got into the prelim in 2016 and we were within a, a, a dropped ball of going into this, the grand this final. This is you also you're feeding my argument. Okay, let's appoint him to a Phil Gould style role in charge of the culture. He can be in charge of recruitment, but we need a young, no, smart, no, no, tactical no. coach. What are you saying as an assistant coach? No, so that's, no. what, that's what you're saying. You're saying assistant coach. So get, get, get a young assistant coach. He's talking coach about a general manager that sits over the top, a, a, a football manager. That's what he's talking about, a football Because we're manager. not going to sacrifice. I don't think he's old enough and pompous enough to do what Gus Gould does. <laughs> like, no one could he's be pompous He's definitely enough. not pompous about it. You know what I love about Ricky? He calls a spade a fucking shovel. And I really, so you can really swear. like about that. <laughs> yes, well, that's, that's the first F-bomb dropped on this show. This is our, this is, this is our <laughs> podcast. We can do what we want. Look, here's the thing. He had a roster that was weak in lots and lots of places. And he has gone about since 2014 trying to fix that. He had the disappointment of losing Milford, didn't get to Tedesco, he didn't get Proctor. All these players, and oh my God, people aren't going to come. So he went off and he got Soliola and he got Hodgson. And we all thought, who the hell? 
And they worked out brilliantly. Okay. Uh, it was quite biblical, wasn't it? Yeah, Blake Austin didn't work out as well as we hoped, but initially he was good. But he's also gone out and got Whitehead. He's gone out and got Tarpanay. He's gone out and he's made sure Jack White and stayed through his relationship. How did he get he, he, he's How, Like, seriously, how did the Knights let him go? Because we played overs. And that's what the thing is happening in, in recruitment at this stage. People are taking you speculative, take a risk. Yeah, they're you taking take speculative silence. The amount of money that Newcastle had to throw at Caelan Ponga for him to leave was massive, but they were right. Yeah, well, every small change. So he's on about five or 600, which is now, you know, yeah. in retrospect, a bargain. But what they're turning around is... And, and Tarpanay signed for $400,000 a year, which at the time people were saying, that's a lot of money for a kid. Yeah, but also well, right too... Right now, he's earning the too, bonuses that are on top yeah. of that. Ricky's yeah. assistant, Steve Frawley, was the um, under-20s coach. Yes. At the night. So he had the relationship oh, with Joe and so he knew yeah, all yeah, about yeah, him. Yeah. And so, yeah, once, um, I think, once we realised that um, Tavita Pangai Jr. was leaving, mm. they went, well, let's get Tarpany. I mean, it'd be great yeah. if we had both right now, but anyway. No, no. Nice to, do, we need, do, do we need to talk about the... Hang on. We're still grind, I'm, still, I'm still yes. grinding my gears here. Can we just grind gears on No, no, we his can't. Entire no. Recruitment pa- his entire recruitment plan for the Dragons was to get Raiders. So now they're going to the Raiders. Players out the window. There's nothing to do. Well, he, got, he, got, he got 13 or so. Here's the thing. They've let go, and this is very strategic, they've let go the two big boppers in Shannon Boyd and Junior Paulo. Now, the problem we had on Saturday night against, and the reason why we're dropping away in the final parts of matches is because we have too many players not capable of playing 80 minutes. Too and yet we still have gassed. a forward on the bench that doesn't play a single uh, minute. Okay, well, that I'm, I'm not going to get into that bit with you. Okay, that was odd. I probably would have played him. I think you've got a point there. But these things are made in the heat of the moment. But here's the thing. He is now getting a, a, a squad together which can play 80 minutes. We lost the match on Saturday night when Tarpanay went to the head bin and they, couldn't, they didn't have a good enough cover for Blake Austin and he was targeted to great effect. And that was the thing. And that's how we went down. But there is improvement. The reason we did well in 2016 was because for that brief moment we had depth. We had no injuries. We had great purchases that came out of the blue and worked out really well. And we were in such a position where we had Vaughan, we had Williams and we have Fensum in the Mounties. Now, yes. you can win a lot of matches when you've got depth like that. Imagine if we'd had Luke Bateman on the bench last weekend. We don't lose. We don't lose because we had that extra thing. We lost because every we team, had Shannon every Boyd and we had Junior Paulo who weren't capable of doing 80 Look, minutes, having to do far more than they could. And if, they're going next season. If we had Jack Whiten and uh, Rapana playing as well, we probably would have won the game as well. But every team at this point in the year is missing players. Yeah, but not as many as we're missing at this present stage. And Panthers, our, the Panthers are missing half a dozen players. Yeah, but their right? roster, how many big boppers are they carrying that do 45 minutes? James Tamo, that's it. We've got like five of them in our squad. Mm. And that's the problem. They're working towards, they know what the issue is, and they're working towards 80-minute players. And once they do it, it's going to be good. And Ricky will be the man who takes forward. He will triumph. He will take us to the promised land. And when he does... Is there a time frame on this? And when he does... 25 years. 25 years, right. He will do it. We will triumph. We will hold that cup aloft. And you heard it here first on Blake, the, Blake and the Pork. And I will take a picture with Ricky holding that trophy up, and I'll post on this thing. By the end of the 2020 season, no Raiders fan will be living without a premiership. And I tell you that now. I make you that promise. And Ricky will take us to that promised land. And you'll see, you'll all see, he will fight and he will win. And I will stand firm with Ricky Stewart. 
I will stand firm with Ricky Stewart because I know no one, no one is trying harder for our club. He has come back as our saviour and he will save us. And I don't care what you guys say, you will stick with him and you'll stand behind him if I have to drag you there by your hair. Before we get into the the questions, I, I put out a thing saying, who do people think should be the next Raider to have a statue for them? And Johnny Drama wrote in and said it should be Josh Dugan. Uh, Mitch yeah. Nichols came in and said Alan Tung, which I think well, is... Well, of course it's Alan Tung. I think it's actually a superb suggestion. Yeah. Alan Tung is... Uh, or just a big Tung statue. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I've got to tell you, possibly the best man I've ever met in my life. He, Dennis, he's, you've met him? I've met, I've met Tungy, and I'd say he's one of those rare individuals where the world is a better place for him being in it. It yes. really, really... He's nice. almost too nice for this world. He, the, well, is, and I've said this to Dennis before, he's so nice... That I think one day they're going to break into his uh, into his basement and going to find some people chained up in there. You know what? I actually think he's so much. They're going to break into his basement. They're going to find refugees that he saved. That's what they're going to find. Yeah. They're going to find that he's. They're going to find that he's the, been. He, he is just. He is oh, the I best found out human. where he got it from too. His, the, mu- his mum came and sat with us in the in the commentary box. Oh, oh my god, she, the lady's going to be sainted. You know, she, I, I do have to say, I do have to make one complaint about Alan Tung. There was okay. one day in the commentary box where he's bought his sunny. Mm-hmm. And it was the day they bought out the Campbell Raiders lime chocolate milk. Oh, yes. And I'd got a couple of them and I'd left them down. And Tungy's like, oh. So, and I, of course I'm not going to say, oh, no, Tungy, they're mine. Don't give them to your beautiful boy. No, 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 they're mine. I didn't get another one. So there you I, go, you missed out. Is it discontinued yeah. or can you still get it? Uh, I don't That's chopped uh, mint, is it? Is it chopped mint? I would never try it. I haven't tried the chopped mint. Okay, so question. I will tell you one story about Alan Tung, though. <coughs> In the course of his career, he went from being my absolutely least favourite player mm. to my most favourite player. Mm. I mean, around the sort of early 2000, around 2000 when yeah. he used to come off the bench. I never understood And I was like, either. what is the point of this guy? I didn't understand he, it either. <laughs> he'll get up, he'll do that same stupid little hop, skip and a jump. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he'll go into the line. I told him that story. And then, and by the end of his career, he was my absolute all-time favourite yeah, yeah. player. So what was he? I could never understand him. Was he a centre, a second yeah. roller, a locker? I just didn't... What, yes, what he are was you? Everything. He was just... A, just he a was everything player. and nothing. He was like the, 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 the Kevin Hardwick of the modern era. The most <laughs> average player to ever play the game. Yeah, but then t- he, he wasn't. wasn't. He, uh, we were driving, because I'm living up in Sydney. <sighs> Flame trees, you know, all that. Take me home, country road. I'm in Canberra, it's great. But we were driving down. I was driving to a Raiders game with my son. And <laughs> there's this green ute, a couple of cars ahead of us on Northbourne. I'm like, it's Alan Tongue. Elbow out the window, and he's you know driving with one hand. So I've got myself in that tonguey, and the elbow that's leaning out the window gives a bit of a wave, and then at the lights change, he sort of goes forward slowly, and there he is. He's just left arm extended fully, leaning back. How are you, fellas? You going to the game? Yeah, we're going. You go to the game? Yeah, I'll be there. Just sat and chatted to us. So gentle, so lovely. Just the most. I'm going to have to stop. All right, so <laughs> Mitch Nichols says Alan Tung for the next statue. Who do yeah. you say, Blake? Who's, Alan Tung. You gave Alan Tung? Oh, look, it's, uh, gee, I was going to come in and say Sammy Williams, but boy, that's there's a, compel- a lot of compelling arguments for um, Alan Tung. Or mm. we could just kidnap the Mick Wayman statue from Maria. Well, I was standing and oh, looking at that the other day, thinking, how did they manage to make Mick Wayman look worse? <laughs> well, I, I kept looking at it going, yeah, when, when did they find him so little? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. He, he works hard. He still trains hard. Oh, he's a great man, the but horse. But it's a small statue. Yeah, no, he's a great man. Well, I'm going to go for Ricky Stewart. 
Clive Churchill medalist, Dally. Do you reckon? Do you reckon <laughs> three premierships, Australia, New South Wales, coaching the side. Do you reckon he's a bit pissed off that you know Mel's got a grandstand? Everyone talks about Mel and Laurie. Laurie, da- Laurie Daly's got a statue, a pretty mm. ugly statue as well. I mean, I haven't really seen a good statue. Mm. And um, Ricky, both got... of them are scenes out of the '94 Grand Final too. Both those. Ricky's got nothing. You know, talking of the, the Laurie Daly statue, there was a point I think about 2003 when he was. Um, he was the assistant coach for the Dragons, and the Raiders were playing the Dragons. He was Nathan Brown's assistant coach at the time, and his commentary was so biased in oh, any yeah. Raiders. I wanted to drive out there and tear down uh, the statue. Mm. Well, a, la, a la the people of Iraq and you know, <laughs> Saddam Hussein. <laughs> well, uh, look, and this is my feeling. Mal Just hit, came his, hit his big coached, nose with a shoe. Mal stayed with the side and he coached the side, you know. He, was he a great coach? No, he wasn't a great coach, but he stayed with the side and coached it. As what, soon as Laurie how's, finished, how's he was Mal's, up and gone like a fart in the wind. How's Mal's record stand up to Ricky's record currently? Like uh, you, you're the stats man, like percentage-wise, win-wise. About the same. Is this bop, bop, oh, no. stump, stump the pork right Come now. on, stump the pork. Okay, Mal's is better, <laughs> but Mal also did have... Uh, Brett Mullins, Leslie Vanicolo, Laurie Daly in the side, Ruben Wiki. Uh, he had Jason Croker in it. He had David Ferner in it to make those things. He had 98, 99, uh, 2000. You know, he had a team. Whereas when Ricky came in, he came in at 2013 when we were lucky to have avoided the spoon. Only Parramatta stood between us and the spoon. And we had a list that basically, you know, if you had the receipt, you would send it back, you know? And. <laughs> And I love some of those players. He can. I loved them too. I loved them too, and I supported them. But I'm just telling you the truth. If you'd had a receipt, you would have sent them back. So we got some questions. Uh, actually, Steve Athan two Steve on Twitter comes out. Has Austin been successful? I think initially, yes, he was successful. I think now, no. Overall, over his whole career, I'd still think it's a success. I think he needs to move on now mm. because you know. He probably doesn't want to be here, and I think I think we should just need to part ways. Mm. I don't think that he's necessarily on the bus anymore, mm. and for that reason, I think he should have been. She should be cut loose. I think she. I mean, before I, June 30th. At, at nine o'clock after the game finished, I thought there's still three hours to try and you know, there's still three hours left in June 30. Let's get on the phone and <laughs> <laughs> organize something, anything. I'm but surprised you think, were thinking about anything. I was just sitting in the dark listening to. You know, sad songs. I was getting lost in... Uh, you were listening to Smiths, weren't you? I wasn't. I hate the Smiths <laughs> with an absolute passion. Um, next question. Who replaces Austin? Sammy Williams. I think Sammy Williams is really well, good. Well, I still... I've, I've come around to the idea of Jack Whiten. Um, I think he could be worth another go in the sixth jersey. So I think he's ball so playing. Think that in the long term, again, that Ricky's initial call of putting Jack at six, you think that Ricky's long term call is right? That's what. That's the second time today. Uh, well, you may. You may as well try it again. You may as well try it again. His ball playing, I think, that, that's, improved. That, that's nice, there, Dennis. Well done. His his ball playing's improved. Obviously, he's going to be a lot safer defensively. And then he says, and also too, unless we sign someone you else look, big, you, just, you don't want to run at him. Yeah. Well, unless we sign no. someone, unless we sign someone else big, I mean, there'd be an argument for actually early in the season. In hindsight, maybe. Have Austin that fullback? Oh, look, I've, I've got an argument at 5'8 at this present stage to put Luke Bateman there because he won't add anything in attack whatsoever, but he sure as hell will make his damn tackles. But he also won't detract from attack. No, he, he won't, won't detract from attack, but he'll make his damn tackles, and surely they won't. And then, you know, he'll do one of those sneaky things where he'll run and no one will be expecting it and he'll score. You know, yeah. it'll so be great. I used to love it. I, like back, I don't know, 15 years ago when you had McClendon at, at half. And McClendon wasn't a noted defender. 
And so what they did was, uh, I think it was Matt Elliott put on one side of him, put um, uh, Jason Croker. Yeah. And the other side was Ruben Wiki. And they said, come on, run at him and see what happens from yeah. the sides. Malachi Crunch. Mm. That was a time too when they, when people like that Benji Marshall and McLennan and stuff they do stints out on the wing. Mm. Yeah, that's what and they'd hide yeah. them on the wing to try. Yeah. But you can't so really do that anymore. No, you can't because the, the wingers are the biggest the bloody yeah. thing. <laughs> anyway, next question from Steve is Ricky: Should we get rid of him because how many coaches have won in their fifth or sixth year? I've got a bit of a list of coaches who won <laughs> in their fifth or sixth year. Tim Sheens, anyone remember that guy? He ah. won in his fifth and sixth year. Wayne Bennett, Wayne Bennett. Uh, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91. Oh, 92, his sixth year took him to, in order to win it. Uh, okay coach, I'm told, Wayne Bennett. Uh, Bob Fulton, 1997, Bozo. his first one. That was his fifth year. Uh, not too bad a coach, I think, old Bozo. And but I'll say most of those coaches you've mentioned that you're combining different clubs that didn't win that five years at the same club. Tim so Sheens. presumably Bob Fulton... Uh, no, Bob Fulton was always at... No, he was at East. Well, he was the coach of the Roosters. Regardless, then. he took those years in order to do it. And Wayne Bennett was, uh, with at the exception Raiders. of the very first year... At the Raiders. ...was at, at the Broncos. And well, Tim Sheens was, was, was at Penrith. Yeah, but uh, whatever. He didn't win uh, with that. He didn't win for the... And then there's Warren Ryan. <laughs> Warren Ryan didn't win his yeah, first was, premiership Yeah, but also he was, he was... The start of those years, again, he was coaching the Magpies, who were like the absolute worst team... And had like probably the budget quarter of a budget of every other team. Yeah, but then he went on to then he went on to Newtown and he didn't win a premiership with them. And then he went on to Canterbury he and after a few did. years he did. Yeah, he nearly did, but he didn't. And, and then Gus th- Gould, of course, the Gus Gould in the grand final, kicking for touch. And I noticed just a couple of weeks ago, someone failed to find touch, and Gus was commentating. So, oh, it's such a cardinal error. Blake Austin, not Saturday getting night. not getting touch. Not finding touch with yeah. a penalty. It's such a cardinal error. Let's go back to the 81 grand final. And Gus Gould playing for the Newtown Jets has the ball. There's a penalty. Kicks for touch. Who does he find? <laughs> Graham Atkins, the winger for the Eels. What does Graham Atkins do? Run through the Jets. Score a try. Parramatta take the lead, which they don't lose. Newtown Jets lose their last grand final. Yeah. So Ricky yeah. pretty much peaked as a coach on his first year. He won a, a premiership on his first year. And then if we're going to combine... Careers as we've done there. How many years has Ricky now gone since another premiership? About fourteen years or something. It's all right, Ricky. If, if you're listening, I will never, ever, ever bring Blake into the change room. And if I do, I'm going to tell you in advance so you can cover him with Gatorade and not in that good celebratory way, <laughs> yeah, without without unscrewing the lid. Yeah, yeah. Cover it in that way. So if you're out there, Ricky, just understand that you know I'm completely on your side. Um, but I you have know, no doubt that Ricky sits and listens to every single Raiders podcast. Well, <laughs> every week. He is, in fact, our, he is, in fact, our biggest fan, and uh, as I am his. So, you know, it's only... Unless um, someone records it onto a, on a TDK90 cassette <laughs> and hands it to him so he can play it in his Walkman, I don't think he's listening. He is or sends it to him as a texter. As a texter, yeah. <laughs> if you guys keep having a go at my coach, you understand that I wore number seven with Ricky Stewart's signature on my back for uh, the, the large part of my... Period, sitting in the stands, right? Thirties and forties. Yeah. yeah. Before I had to sit, sit with Mr. Gable, I was sitting with with the seven on my back, and uh, I'm a bit of a fan, so I don't take that kindly. Anyway, to take us out, just reminding you people. What about thank my you, questions? Thank you. What are your questions? Oh, he's got just, some questions just, on his just face. Pad just, just, pad just, just bear with us. I just don't want us to seem to though we're ignoring the Facebook fans. Of Raiders in the of Raiders review with Blake and the Pork. All right, then. and we're just favouring your buddies on Twitter all the time. Well, my buddies on Twitter, great. Thank you, all my buddies on Twitter. I love you out there. 
Brian Fletcher Wade, interested on your thoughts of Hingano's game for Tonga and could he be our number six next year? I think he could be our number seven. I think he'd be our number seven. And Caesar, who prefers playing at six, could be our six. He has had uh, been in terrible form in green, but has been stuck all over the paddock. I thought his form was promising. I didn't actually watch that game, but by all accounts, he did play quite well. He did. He played really well. His kicking game was great. His organisational game was great. And I, I saw a side to Hingano that I'd never seen One before. One thing I will say is there's no guarantee he's going to be here next year anyway. Because no, he's, he's, he's got an option he's in his favour. He's got an option favor. in his favour, yeah. And the way he's been treated this year, I can't imagine he'd want to hang around. I suspect if we can keep him, we will, because I would like to see him in seven with Caesar going out to six, and I think that's a pretty good answer, personally. Interesting. Where's Sam Williams? Just off getting a statue made. Modelling. <laughs> he's modelling. He's a good man. And he's also a hell of a cricket player as well. So he and could play cricket. And, and he's also crooning. He's, he's quite... The, the, the Kuma crooner was uh, Troy really? Thompson's name for him. Yeah. And he's... Barbershops every, every and time I, Every time I ask Sammy, okay, so tell me the story of the Kuma crooner. Oh, nah, mate. Nah. No. You don't know about it. The Kuma crooner. He's there a great man. So you stop having a go I at believe, him. Okay, next question. I'm not having a go at him. I'm just saying karaoke. Yeah, 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 you're just stuff. always trying to catch me out. It's like when with the Papali on again, off again thing. You're always trying to catch me out. I'm an emotional man. Ryan Gillard. Yeah. Okay, gents. Give me your starting 17 for 2019. Um, it's probably easier if we go over his and then we can just sort of you right, know right. riff off that. So his is number one, Kotrick. Mm-hmm. Number two, Bells. Mm-hmm. Number three, Toots. Number four, uh, BJ, Joey. Mm-hmm. Number five, Rapper. Mm-hmm. Number six, Jack. Mm-hmm. Number seven, Caesar. Mm-hmm. Number eight, Sia. Number nine, Hojo. Number ten, Papa. Moving to prop. Uh, in the second row, um, Taps and um, Whitehead. Bateman coming in, as in the, the English Bateman coming in... Um, at lock, and then on the bench, he's got Havili, Sutton, Murchie, and uh, Knight slash Louis. Where's the other Bateman? Yes, I'd have him on the bench. I'd have him on the bench yeah, as I'd well. Have him on well the bench. That young Murchie, I like the cut of his jib, yeah. but I'm not quite sure his defence is quite up there yet. Yeah, I'd have Bateman on the bench. Uh, I thought Dynamis Louis has actually improved as the season's gone on. Yeah. A lot. I think he's going to be a very good player. I think Liam Knight shows some promise there. Ryan Sutton, we were just. Uh, tweeting together, his knee is better. He's injured his knee. Uh, very happy about England winning the penalty shootout. He said his knee's coming along. He's ahead of schedule. Looking forward to playing our golf courses. Uh, Havili, I think, is definitely worked out. Thank you. He, yeah, he's staying. He's, yeah, yeah, great. Don't know if John Bateman's going to be the lock or not. He's he second row. I would suspect with with Whitehead going into lock would be my guess if yeah. I was guessing, which I am guessing along those lines. But apart from that, I think you got it pretty much right. Um, whether it's going to be Oldfield on that wing or it's going to be um, uh, Kotrick out on that wing and Whiten staying at full back with, as we just discussed before, Hingano being at seven with Caesar at six. But yeah, it's or, or it's, Sammy. Or Sammy Williams, of course. Um, I mean, he's hoping Sammy Williams for the rest of the season has a oh, just yeah. kicks on and smashes look, it. At the yeah. end of 2012, he did exactly that. Yeah, his attacking game was great. Yeah. He ran without fear towards the line. He was passing very late and sometimes running through. Really did some great attacking moves. Yeah. Let's see that again. Run to the line, Sammy. Risk your life and limb. Let's see you have a go at that, mate. Because when he does, that's when he plays his best footy. Yeah. That's when he plays best football. And the uh, the other question we got here: Who is the best looking Raider? And why is it Sam Williams? Um, well, who's that from? That is from Daniel Stewart. 
who is the best looking Raider and why is it Sam Williams? <coughs> I don't know why it's Sam Williams, but I... It sounds like he's answered his own question there. But I think it is Sam Williams. I would have said last year it was Clay Priest because once oh. you looked into those eyes... Oh my God! You were gone. Clay Priest has just sensational eyes. But Nick, Nick Kotrick. Has yeah, some, I would have. I would have thought. Some, uh, I would have thought the yeah. Serbian stallion. Yeah, Kotrick Nick Kotrick is a good-looking boy. There's no and question there's, about that. He's, he's got quite a quite a good uh, rig. To yeah. use, uh, to use yeah, he does good, have a good rig, but Sammy's Sammy's a, Sammy, a, a good-looking lad as well. With, um, Look, if you like, and last year obviously the, the Italian stallion would have voted himself. Yeah, because yeah. he's quite um, quite yeah. keen yeah. on how he looks. Um, yeah, there's a few who fancy themselves a lot, but I, I would say those two are the best. It's, I, I would say, yeah, no, I think Kotrick. Kotrick people? Are we agreed yeah. on Kotrick? I mean, Whitehead for me. I don't know. Really? I, the, the, the fact he smells like... <laughs> you like a bit rough. Yeah, the BO, the BO <laughs> might put me off, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah. If I was to have a man crush, it'd probably be Whitehead. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, okay. No, my man crush is definitely Hodjo. I, I love him. I love him almost as much as I love Ricky. Um, he's a wonderful, wonderful yeah. man. His boy George is, and that's not a play on words, his son, whose name is George, is also <laughs> wonderful. And you can't believe a kid who's just turned two can punt a football. And I'm not joking, he's good at it. Not sort of good at it, wow. he's really good at it. And he was asking me if my boy could do that. Now, my boy has yeah, got a, a more basic skill set. <laughs> we love him, you know? Yeah, so he's just... My son was actually my son is actually quite a natural with the football. It's still quite quite a good soccer player. And at um, two? well, and at two he was already kicking and catching balls and stuff. And I thought that he was doing very well until um, it was actually the the game at Leichhardt in mm. twenty sixteen. I saw Blake Austin putting up bombs, towering bombs. That his his son, who's the same age as my son, who would have been four or five at the time, was comfortably taking. I went, okay, well this wow, this is, this is another level. This is the standard. <laughs> well, uh, I, and, and that's what I was looking. at. I was just looking at young. Young George Hodgson. Well, that's probably myself. the difference. Like, it's, probably the, it's probably the difference between having you know a father who's a very gifted and talented athlete and us. Us, yeah. <laughs> us, us, us. Well, having said that, my son. Um, look, I, I, I was always a dud at sports. I was always the last pick. So I, I thought when, my, when he's little, I was going to teach him to kick just as long as he can kick a ball, as long as he just don't get picked last. And so I've, I've spent too much time kicking the ball with him. And he's, um, I do believe in multiculturalism. So he, he's gone to the AFL. And he kicks, and he kicks, and today we're up at Hazy Oval, and he's kicked a dead set 60 metre torp through the goal. Wow, that's great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Darcy's great. Now, yeah. anyway, to well, take man. us out from this show, um, and just reminding you, Dennis Carnahan, our great guest tonight, 29th of July at the Street Theatre. I'll be there. Get along. Yeah, Blake Fantastic. will be there. You can get to meet Blake. Unfortunately, I'll be where? Should we? Yeah, that's in Queensland. I'll should be we, in Queensland. Should we run a competition for a couple of tickets? We should run a couple of yeah. competitions for a couple of tickets. Here, um, I've got a couple. He does. He has, at home. he has a couple of tickets. So the competition will be this, and we'll run it... Uh, the person who can, either on Facebook, on the Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, um, who tells us, who tells us, and we think is, is the best response, who they think the next Raiders statue should be of. Um, and so you can either send your response to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork on Facebook, or you can send it to uh, Landspeed Records on Twitter, but or you can send out, it to Gorski O'Pork on Twitter. How do they work out if they get the right answer? Uh, the right answer is the one that amuses Blake and I the most yes. and we decide is the winner. 
Excellent. And we will give you a double pass to see Dennis Carnahan's Rugby League the Musical on Sunday the 29th of July at the Street Theatre, which is opposite where the old workers' club used oh, to be. Oh, boy, wasn't that a great place? It was a great place. Oh, now, 7.30pm, is there a support act or is it just... Uh, just... It's, a, it's a game of two halves. And there will be complimentary oranges at the bar at halftime. <laughs> and there will be, that is true. And there will be, I will tell you this now, a number of Raiders in attendance. Ooh, boy. So anyway, so to take out this episode of Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. I'm Dennis. Um, here is Dennis. Um, <laughs> He's Dennis. Here's I'm, Dennis. I'm wondering actually whether I should change songs midstream here. Um, because it's, you know, we're in the middle of origin period. Yep. And New South Wales has won for the second time in, what, 14 years? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, as, as far as rugby league, the musical, you know, it, it points out the pantomime and the farce mm-hmm. of rugby league. And there is no greater farce in rugby league than Queensland State of Origin selection policies. There isn't. And I wrote a little song about this a few years ago, which you a number did. of people have heard. And I've had to keep updating it. You have. And this year with some changes, maybe I should do the... the, the oh, no, you've already played it, haven't you? We have. We've played it. We've All played right. it. So we, we were actually oh, going you've with this. Way ahead of me. We want a camera. Right. We wanted sort of a more Because one of the things we did point out is that uh, Dennis actually doesn't do too many sat- satirical songs about the Raiders at all. He's done the Raiders bunch about St. George taking all the Raiders players. The X-Raiders bunch. The X-Raiders yep. bunch. Um, but uh, an ex-Raider who actually went in that direction, who, of course, we all love, our rooftop escapade, um, he's got a song about that. So uh, here's Dennis Carnahan with I Love to Have a Beer with Dugan. Oh, I love to have a beer with Dugan. I love to have a beer with Dukes. We don't do moderation. Then it's pineapple cruises up on the roof. We drink while he's in recovery. It helps his injuries feel great. Oh, I love to have a beer with Dugan, cause Dugs is me, mate. Oh, I love to have a beer with Carney. I love to have a beer with Todd. We don't do moderation. But his prostate's strong so he can pee in his gob We drink at a pub called Norvies Yeah, the toilets there are great Oh, I love to have a beer with Carney And his powerful prostate Oh, I love to have a beer with Nate Miles I love to have a beer with Nate We don't do moderation And in hotel halls he likes to defecate He walks down the hall, start naked Cause he's been drinking late Oh, I love to have a beer with Nate Miles His forehead is great Let's change key Oh, I love to have a beer with Gaznir I mean Mark, not Reg, of course We don't do moderation Then he gets fired up and wants to spurt some sauce He drinks when he's selected for origin Then he gets sacked the very next day Oh, I love to have a beer with Gaznir. His phone manner is great. There we go. Oh, I love to have Chinese with Corey Norman. Yeah, I love to have Chinese with him. We don't do moderation. And those aren't Eclipse Mints in his Eclipse Mints tin. We like eating at the century. Cause the dumplings there are great. Oh, I love to have Chinese with Corey. And his underworld mates. Yeah, I love to have a beer with Dugan, cause